thing about cartoons. It's a really clear, good conscience job. It don't hurt nobody. It just makes people feel good. And so the people that come up to me are usually like tender-hearted, sweet people who just want to say that, you know, something I did made them feel good. So, but yeah, it's a nice thing. It's pretty good. Welcome to the Carefree Black Nerd Podcast, a conversation about representation in comics and related media. I am your host, Rain Coleman, and this issue, we will be discussing Natasha Irons. Now, if you're new here, thank you for tuning in. As I said, this show is about discussing characters of color in comics and really all media at large. So if you like that sort of thing, please be sure to hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast app or site. Um, And be sure to share on your social medias as well using that hashtag CBNPod. All of this information will be in the show notes. I do want to make this a conversation. Writing now, um, going on to Natasha Irons, who is she? Why should you care about her? Well, uh, for all you Superman and DC fans out there, her name should kind of jog your memory about some things or some people, some a certain someone. And if you know nothing about her, then I have to say you are in for a treat. <laughs> also, guys, it's Pride Month and she's a queer character, so representation <laughs> that alone is worth the price of admission, okay. Now, Natasha Irons is a DC Comics character. She was created by the great Louise Simonson. Louise Simonson is known for her work on books like The Power Pack over at Marvel, X-Factor, and New Mutants, of course. All big names over there at Marvel. Also, Superman, The Man of Steel, and Steel. Uh, She created uh, household names like (coughs) Nathan Christopher Charles Summers, a.k.a. Cable, of course, and Apocalypse, like... Hold on, let's let that soak in. She created Cable and Apocalypse. Like, you know, no, no, whatever. (laughs) Let me fan out a bit. Now, um, Natasha was also created by Chris Batista, who's known for his work at Marvel Comics, DC Comics, including Steel, Space Knights, and Thunderbolts. Like, so again, Natasha was created from the greats. Uh, Now, Natasha first appeared as herself, Natasha Irons, in DC's Steel, Volume 2, that was back in February of 1994, so publication-wise, she's about 25 years old, Uh, and that's her as the character when she was first created, not her in continuity. Um, Now, this is comics we're talking about, so of course, there is tons of just mess so there's not just one first appearance of natasha she has several first appearances um now let's see as steel she first appeared in action comics this was issue 806 back in october of 2003 and then as starlight she first appeared in 52 issue 21 that's back when dc was doing a one a, a series 52 that was one book for every week of the year 52 weeks in a year uh and that was back in september 27th of 2006 and i did want to kind of reiterate that because usually when you get the uh, first appearance of a character you usually get the month and the year and that's normally because you know comics and with the scheduling she may have been written let's say january of 09 and then that issue actually comes out in february or march of 09 
That being said, because 52 was a different um, kind of project in itself where it wasn't a monthly title, it was a weekly title. That's why we get her 52 entry as September 27th. That's the specific week. And that was again back in 2006. And then <laughs> she appeared as Vaporlock and that was in Infinity Inc. That was volume two, issue eight in June of 2008. Ooh, so she has had quite a few first appearances and going through those dates it just ah oh man for those of you guys who are, have been here for a while you already know for you new listeners i took a break from comics for a very long time way back in the day and these dates are about those times where i was away from comics <laughs> okay so again natasha she wears many hats <laughs> now if you've heard of natasha before please tweet me uh at the handle carefree blurred and uh or leave me a comment here letting me know that you know about her use that hashtag cbn pot so like i said i went away from comics for a while but for those of you out there who know about her be it in cartoons be it in comic book form let me know let me know what you know as i'm kind of going over her history in this episode and uh show off your knowledge <laughs> now for the dc world at large type of information so her name is natasha jasmine irons uh she is affiliated with infinity inc team superman and titans uh, let's see what else her partnerships include Tracy 13 which is again her queer relationship with another woman character uh, her relatives are Clay Irons which is her father Blondell Irons her mother Butter who is her grandfather Bess who is her grandmother who is deceased uh, Jamal her brother and John Henry her uncle uh, her aliases are as I said before Steel Starlight Vaporlock and another one which is Jenny Blake. <laughs> Jenny Blake. Now her abilities. Now as Steel, she has superhuman strength in flight. This is both via her armor. Um and she can also shift her size. So think Iron Man meets Ant-Man. Let me see. As Starlight, she has superhuman strength, flight, durability, and can control solid light constructs. Um, let's think of think of like the very second issue of Carefree Black Nerd, Shard, the Marvel Comics character who was the kid sister of Bishop. Uh, let's see what else. Now, as Vaporlock, she can transform into living mist and she can fly. Well, of course she can. <laughs> All right, guys. Now, let's get to this backstory. Now, Natasha Jasmine Irons is the daughter of John Henry's brother, Clay, and Clay's wife, Blondell. Now, this is not a John Henry episode, but like I said, those of you who are familiar with the different Superman iterations and Superman adjacent characters, you, I'm sure, have recognized his name, John Henry Irons. Uh, maybe your ears perked up a little bit. So, um, a quick history about John to kind of get this out the way. He goes by the code name Steel. Um, he also known as the Man of Steel, and he was introduced back in 1993, which was only a year before his niece was, um, and he was introduced as one of the replacement characters for the then-deceased Superman proper, so Superman was dead at that time. Um, Steel continued to be an independent superhero after Superman's resurrection. Now, with the introduction of Ruby Rose's Batwoman character in the DC CW Arrowverse, you, I feel, could easily drop in John Henry as Steel 
as the quote-unquote Superman or Superman-adjacent character to... So, John Henry Steele could be what Ruby Rose is to Batman. He could be there for Superman. But, I digress. (laughs) Now, John Henry received his own ongoing series back then, which saw him move from Metropolis to Washington, D.C., Um, He joined the Justice League of America, and that was back in Grant Morrison's JLA run. Now, I've read a few issues from back then, well, from that run, rather. Very good. Uh, One of those, it was one of those situations where you don't remember what people said, but you remember how they made you feel. Like, I don't remember the specifics of those few issues, but I remember I enjoyed them. I probably need to get my hand on that full run. <laughs> All right. Now, um, later on, John Henry mentored his niece, Natasha Irons. Okay, so enough about him. <laughs> so we are back with Natasha. Now, the Natasha character, or Natasha Irons, she is the daughter of John Henry's brother, Clay, and his wife, Blondell. Um, she was introduced in the first series of Steel in his solo series, that I mentioned before. Uh, initially, she was, I believe, 13 is the age that they gave her. And much like the rest of her family, she already knew about Steel, his secret identity, all of that. Which is very, not odd, but it, it's kind of unheard of. Well, now, not so much. But in the history of superhero comics, they've always, for the most part, had those secret identities. There's been exceptions to the rule, i.e. Fantastic Four. But for the most part, people have had secret identities. Um, now she had a brother named Jamal and Natasha is shown to be a very level-headed and practical teen. Now by issue number 14 of that run, she is shown to be working as an intern for a United States Senator. Now I believe they may have aged her a bit because again, the timeline in comics, that's one of the things that I feel like as comic book fans, be it the angry dude bros and dude gals who get upset about diversity or the ones who are accepting of inclusion. One thing that we can agree on is that comic book timelines are horrid. Like, if we can't agree on anything else, we have to agree on that. And so, they again, they may have aged her a bit. Um, we're thinking she's about 16, 17-ish somehow. <laughs> now, Natasha is a supporting character throughout most of Louise Simonson's run. And oddly enough, with her being a supporting character, it seems to be a lot of story there. Like she wasn't relegated to just um, this token, hey, I'm here and bye, I'm gone. And that's either one of two things. Either she actually was and this was just a fully fleshed out story for her or she was a... Like the story that we get about her is pales in comparison to the larger story in the ongoing series. Like, I don't know. Let let me know, guys. Like, tweet me and leave a comment in the comments. Because, you know, like I said, this is, she's a relatively new character to me. Though, you know, I'm I, getting familiar with her through this uh, research. Now, with her being that supporting character, she is kidnapped by Hazard, um, a villain. And Steel has to rescue her. So, I'm going to trying to see because Steel Natasha Irons has had that name and of course her uncle John Henry now this is John Henry Steel that I'm discussing right now so she is kidnapped by Hazard and John Henry Steel has to rescue her um, she also uses the drug tar which is like a drug in the DC comics I don't really want to get into that because it's whatever she used the drug now this is the the drug tar helped her uh, fight 
at her uncle's side. And this was very brief. Now, later on, <laughs> she's kidnapped again uh, by the villain Plasmus. And apparently, she kills him. <laughs> Natasha kills Plasmus by shattering Plasmus once John Henry Steele freezes him. So let's take that back. That was a lot. She's kidnapped by Plasmus. John Henry Steele freezes him, Plasmus, and she shatters him. Which, you know, is cool. But much like with Superman being resurrected in the comics, later on he just turns up alive. Like, what is this? It's comics. Now, Natasha was devastated at the loss of her beloved grandmother, Bess Irons, around this time. But uh, the only... She's the only character, or excuse me, the only family member who stays with John Henry Steele when he moves to Jersey City. Uh, we're not going to get too much into that because that would be in an issue covering him. Now, uh, moving on with Christopher Priest's run or leading the uh, Steele series. This started with issue number 34. Natasha was like radically changed. So she was transformed to more of a modern teenager with a very like non-flippant teenager-y teenager <laughs> type attitude. Now, um, all of the like, previous work from her being a U.S. Senator, all that stuff, uh, well, assistance rather, excuse me, all of the previous work from her being an assistant to this U.S. Senator, that wasn't referenced at all. Now, during this time in the Christopher Priest era of the run, she excuse me, she met a guy named Paul but she calls him Boris, which is not even a nickname of Paul. Like, I don't know. I'm sure there's an explanation there. If you know it, please let me know. Use that hashtag CBNBot. Now, around this time, her father also makes a return. But, of course, this is comics, so he returns as a villain. A villain named Crash. Now, when an assassin named Scorpio poisons Natasha, Crash has to turn himself in so that he can give a blood transfusion to save his daughter's life. Um, he's never seen or heard from again. Now, when you get stuff like this, this is one of the things that upsets me about the big two and about comic book companies, especially now when you know that diversity and inclusion is like the name of the game. Even if you don't believe or don't want these brown and black characters in your books, you cannot deny that that is what sells, that that is what gets people in the seats at these movies, and that's what gets these books off the shelves. And especially if you have a creative team behind that property that reflects that property, why would you not use these characters now? Like, it just it doesn't make sense. Like, I think that with the Black Lightning TV show, they're doing a really good job. And with some of the elements of the DC Universe, specifically uh, Starfire, you know, she, Anna Diop is amazing at Starfire, in my opinion. But when you have a character that has just kind of fallen off, and you've done all these little reboots and, and everything else, Infinity, Crisis on Infinite Earths, all that good stuff, bring these characters back in a meaningful way with a solid creative team that will get people to pull these books off the shelves. But that's just me. <laughs> now, Natasha later goes on with Steel to Metropolis when he opens up Steelworks there. Now, she becomes his assistant. She even reprograms Superman's Kryptonian robot Kelix? Kelix. 
Kleenex <laughs> Kellex to speak in hip hop slang, which is okay. <laughs> that was needed. Now, for a time, she is dating that local boy, Paul, aka Boris. <laughs> now, um, the new steel. I'm going to butcher a lot of this, these words that are coming up next, so forgive me, guys. <laughs> now, uh, entropy ages. The entropy ages. So when the entropy ages of Darkseid traps John Henry, Natasha designs a suit of armor that uses the Aegis's power. Now this, she teleports to Apocalypse, which is where Darkseid lives, um, and fights Doomsday mm, with the help of Superman, Superboy, Supergirl, and the pre-crisis Supergirl. So for all intents and purposes, Natasha is part of the Superman family. Uh, Steel is a part of the Superman family. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, lots of times within these comic book uh, companies, you have different quote-unquote families of characters grouped together, and that's um, like like Spider-Man. There's the Spider-Man family, which would be all Spider-Man uh, related titles. Same thing with the X-Men. Same thing with Batman and the Bat family. Batgirl, Robin, Batman, uh, Batwoman, and also with Superman, Supergirl, all that. Um, so yes, yeah, she would be a part of the Superman family. Okay, so with the help of these super friends, <laughs> well not super friends, but Superman family and friends, so to speak, she realizes that John Henry, he's too injured to continue operating as steel. He already intended to pass the steel legacy on to Natasha, but this just made sense. Look, I'm tired, I'm worn out, I'm getting too old for this stuff. <laughs> so he passed it on to his uh, to his niece to continue that legacy. Now, John had made a new, more advanced suit of armor for her to use, which is like a nice little ode to, you know, something old, something new. Why give her your old armor that doesn't fit because you're clearly 6'8 <laughs> and she's a smaller person. Now, when Natasha hears that Superman has been injured by a ghostly ninja, she puts on her armor and becomes the new Steel. She teams up with Sir L, which is a Supergirl, and Girl 13, which is, you know, her lover. Uh, and this is to stop the ninja. During these adventures, she uses her hammer to fire an electric pulse into Superman's heart, which starts it again. Superman, this man has been, he has been through a lot. This man, how many times has he been dead? <laughs> now, um, as part of the Superman-Batman public enemies arc, uh, false news about Batman and Superman's capture by the forces of President Lex Luthor. This is leaked, and this is leaked with the intention of getting all of the different associates of the heroes into attacking the White House. Now, Sir L, Natasha, Crypto, Superboy, and the whole Batman family fall for the trap. They do exactly that, which is like, you guys can't see that this is a uh, a trap like Lex Luthor. This is Lex Luthor we're talking about. Like you really <laughs> let this man trick y'all into, uh, I don't know. But anywho, so, uh, so yeah, so they're tricked into drawing themselves out and within doing this, <laughs> Natasha is neutralized early, which is like, man, you take this black woman off the playing field when she was right there in it with everybody <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she's neutralized and very early. Now, um, 
staying back and trying to help rescue Sir L and Superboy from a crushing death trap. Instead, Batman swoops in and saves the day. Now, Natasha is briefly seen in a cameo role during the events of Infinite Crisis. Alrighty. Now, moving on to Starlight. And this is what I was speaking about before. Now, in 52, uh, that's the series that went on for one comic issue a week. Uh, Natasha has a violent, horrible falling out with her uncle, John. And this is over John's disgust with what he feels like is a self-absorbed narcissism and disgusting attitude as it pertains to the other superheroes in the DC universe. Now, I don't know. Okay, I'll just continue. Now, when Natasha discovers that the Teen Titans are holding an open call for new members. Now, this open call happened after the events of Infinite Crisis kind of just messed up their entire roster. John told Tasha, like, look, don't do not do this shit. Do not go. Like, he's already jaded by all the stuff that's happened. He's not feeling the superhero community. He doesn't want his niece involved in this. And I'm of two minds. It's like, one, you're trying to be protective and you understand a bit more because though it was just a year in publication history, you still were out there superheroing for a while. So you kind of know what's what. And it's your job to help your niece. One, because that's your family, that's your niece. And two, because you took her under your wing initially. But then I'm also like, you can't make decisions for a grown person. In this instance, she may still be teenager-ish, but I say grown person because she's proven herself as a superhero. She's proven that she can do and handle, she can handle herself and whatever's thrown her way. And if she's been doing this for quite a while, yeah, you don't like what's going on and yeah, she could be hurt, but this is not taking your, telling your regular human niece at like 16 I don't want you dating that boy this is very much like she can handle saving the world this ain't no trivial trivial like argument or incident so I'm you know I'm kind of on both minds let me know what you guys think like I'm just like now eventually we're going to find out what happens with that but initially it's like yeah you trying to help but yeah Calm down, bro. <laughs> okay, so he's forbid her from doing whatever. And she's like, I'm going to do what the hell I want. Now, uh, after he forbids her, Natasha refuses his idea. She's like, I'm, I'm doing this, period. So what does he do as the rational adult? He dismantles her armor. So now she is powerless, which is like, eh. again, I'm like, on his end, it's like, I gave you this armor. I could take it away. But then it's like, what? What do you hope to, to, like, do you really think that's going to stop her? Like, mm -hmm. so John makes it clear that if she want her own armor, she has to build her own armor. Like, if you want to be a superhero, you'll work for it. It's like, damn, man, that's messed up. Now, soon after, Natasha attempts to rebuild her armor, which gave me some Riri Williams vibes, which I know this predates her, but I still was like, eh, okay, I see you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so she attempts to rebuild her armor. No success. Very little success. And then she also, after this, learns that her uncle John had his DNA rewritten by the exogene. Now, she assumes that he chose to have his DNA altered and she 
snap. She's like, okay, hold the fuck up. You talking all this mess about me and about being a superhero, about being jaded with superheroes. And then I find out that you've rewritten your DNA with this exogene, like to have these powers, which was a wrong assumption because one, it was an assumption, but I could see where the frustration lies. Like you've been on my case about this and strip me of the thing that gave me power only to find out you have this. Like, mm, 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 mm. I feel you, Natasha. You're wrong, but I feel you. <laughs> now, after a very fierce and angry and high-energy argument with her uncle, Natasha applies for Luther's Everyman Project. Man, that, Le quit messing with Lex Luther. Now, she becomes one of the first official subjects of the Everyman Project. Now, when John Henry went looking for Natasha, he threatens to kill Luther at a Lex Corp party. Now, Natasha, she appears along with some of her superpowered people who were also part of the Everyman Project, and they beat the hell out of him. Like, John Henry is beat down. Now, from that point, she and her uncle are really estranged. They don't really talk with each other. But John makes numerous attempts to try to get in touch with her. She is blowing him off like I'm doing my superhero thing. I'm living my life for me. I'm living my life like it's golden. Living my life like it's golden. Living my life like it's golden. Golden. <laughs> okay, so she takes on this new codename, Starlight, now that she has these new abilities. Like, you took away what I had that was part of me and now I just had to go do it on my own which is like something to be something to be said though uh he isn't her father he is kind of her surrogate father and you're also a mentor so it's like people pay attention to your kids even if it's something that you don't agree with have that conversation as if they are your equal like let it be known your what you don't want but though this is an extreme comic book thing it's like you want to make decisions that are good for, for the people you're mentoring in your life, but to just, like, strip that power away from her, clearly she had to go find on her own, and she got it from the wrong source. Like, there's a after-school program movie in there somewhere. <laughs> now, while in battle, Starlight Natasha witnesses her friend Eliza Harmon, a.k.a. Trajectory, being killed by a new blockbuster, a new villain named Blockbuster. Now, Natasha is finally contacted by John on New Year's Eve. Well, I should say she finally accepted his correspondence, not finally contacted. Now, um, he forces her to rethink everything that Lex Luthor has told her. Um, and this is after the reign of Superman, R-A-I-N, the reign of Superman. This was an event where Lex Luthor deactivates the powers of every single hero outside of Infinity Inc. Now, that seems like, okay, whatever. No more mutants, whatever. He took away their powers. Listen to the ramifications. Doing this caused many people to plummet from the sky. Now, what the f Like, you've killed so many people. Not even just the people that fell, but... Imagine everyone is in this armor, you're very high up, you hit that ground with impact, you could land on a car, a bus, a house, a train, a plant, anything. So he killed all these doggone people. Um, so that event forms the basis of the title, uh, The Reign of Superman, so R-E-I-G-N, but that's that storyline. Now, Natasha realizes that her uncle was right all along, 
and she begins working as a double agent for him within Lex Luthor's organization. Now, she's found out and beaten by Luthor, who has now acquired superpowers. So it's just like, ugh. God, this girl can't get a break. <laughs> now, Steel and then Team Titans launch an attack on LexCorp, and they manage to rescue Natasha. That Steel was John Henry Steel. My apologies. Now, Lex stripped Natasha of her starlight powers. So, yet again, this woman is having her power and agency stripped from her by men. She's just a pawn in their game. It's like, ugh, y'all can do better than this, man, for real. Like, uh, so, after he, she stripped from her powers a second time, um, later she is seen escorting Lex Luthor into custody. She's wearing a new set of armor made for her by her uncle yet again, which is like, I don't know. I don't know. We would have to have a long sit down, a long conversation before I put on any armor that my uncle made for me at this point. Like, you've already proven that when you don't get your way, I'm going to suffer. Yeah, we may disagree, but if you're stripping my powers away from me, like, I don't know, man. Um, so yeah, so her uncle made that armor. Now the duo... Natasha and John, they restore Steelworks, and Natasha is later seen during the World War III assembling a nanotech payload missile, and this was to fire over Black Adam. Um, although the missile is stolen by Booster Gold, the time-traveling superhero, Natasha survives the battle and resumes working at Steelworks. Woo, man, this is a lot. <laughs> now, with Natasha's history being told to you, or what you already knew about Natasha Jasmine Irons, do you think that she would translate well on screen? So be it the big screen, the small screen, the streaming service screen. Uh, if so, please leave a comment in the comment section or on Twitter. Use that hashtag CBNPod. And let me know, do you think that this story would translate well, or the characters specifically? Okay. Now, moving on. Vaporlock. Now, the new Infinity Inc. series, in this series, it's revealed that the Everyman Project had kind of a lingering effect on its subjects. That being said, Natasha now has the ability to what? Dissolve into a cloud of gas. Whew. Jesus Christ. Let's see if they're going to strip this power away from her. Now, with this, she has a bit of difficulty controlling it, and her uncle suggests that she adopt the codename Vaporlock. Thanks, Uncle. That's cool. Uh, while we're doing that, how about you figure out a way to help me control this instead of just assigning names and stuff? Um, now, in the final issue of the series, all the Infinity Inc. members are prisoners in the Dark Side Club. Now, by the end of the Terra Titans miniseries, they are all released thanks to Miss Martian. For those of you who are familiar with Young Justice, you'll know. Miss Martian, the green alien from Mars who can shapeshift, who she's actually a white alien, but she represents... It's the whole thing, but you know who Miss Martian is if you've seen that series. Now, Jenny, Blake, and Project 7734. Now, after being released from the Dark Side Club, the members of Infinity, Inc., they take on new names, of course. Look, when you listen to this episode, go back to the beginning and take a drink every time this girl gets a new code name just just take a drink like take a shot don't even take a whole drink just take a little shot throw it back and then meet me back at this point and let me know tweet me how drunk are you because this girl takes so many different code names now <laughs> now they take the new names and they infiltrate a government project named project 7734 now the goal of the project 7734 is simple 
the death of Superman. Period. That's it. <laughs> the death of Superman. Now, towards that end, the government project has placed satellites in space. These satellites fire magical lasers, which we know Superman is uh, uh, cannot handle magic. That's one of the things. He can't fight against magic, but whatever. Um, so they, they fight, they, they fire magical lasers, <laughs> plucked the powerful Atlas from the time stream, released Metalalo, Metalo, Metalo. I told you I was going to butcher these names. Metalo and brainwash people. So we're going to, I'm going to repeat this. The goal of the project is simple. The death of Superman to get this done. They place satellites in space that fire magical lasers. They pluck the powerful Atlas from the time stream. And they also release Metallo and brainwash people. Like, that's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of big, major stuff. Mm. Now, Natasha is not sure who to trust as part of the Project Breach. This is the brainwashing of Captain Adam, Project Breach. Um, she visits Earth to tell Jimmy Olsen, who has been looking into Project 7734, to tell him about Captain Adam. And she leaves just before Jimmy is found and shot by none other than Codename Assassin. Now, in the Captain Adam backup story, this was in Action Comics. Captain Adam remembers who he is, who like who he is as Captain Adam, and he reveals his real name and rank along with the codename Codename Captain Adam. Now, joining the others of Project Seventy Seven Thirty Four, such as Codename Superwoman and Codename Metallo. Uh, Natasha is part of the team that takes down Captain Adam to brainwash him before they are attacked by the natives of the magical world where Project 7734 is located. Whew, that is a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> Just think about all that. So, uh, the natives want to help her, her and Natasha, with uh, Captain Adam. Now, following this, Natasha is shown helping Steele, John Henry Steele, rescue civilians during the Reign of Doomsday event. Uh, in this, Doomsday attacks Natasha in order to draw Steele's attention. And though she escapes unscathed, Steele is ultimately beaten into submission and captured. Which is, ah, man. Again, this family can't get a break. Uh, now, moving on to DC Rebirth. Now, in the post-Flashpoint continuity... Natasha is back using her armor and no longer has any of her vapor lock powers. Here, she was in a romantic relationship with Tracy 13, uh, but apparently they broke up and uh, whatever. Now, following the No Justice event, she becomes a member of the new incarnation of the Titans. Which, okay, cool. She's still active. Now, let me see. In other versions, because that's really where the the history ended for me uh now there are other versions of her kingdom come uh in this one natasha as steel is a background character in the limited series kingdom come and she's wearing a giant version of her later armor with the uh head tails in flashpoint the alternate timeline of flashpoint natasha irons is a member of the brazilian army who battles against the nazis in brazil she encounters Tracy 13 after she accidentally teleports herself to Brazil. Now, with Natasha initially thinking she was sent by Cyborg, Natasha asks Tracy to join her team, but Tracy's forced to leave. She's like, eh, nah. She leaves because she wants to help save the world. 
Now, soon after this, Tracy teleports away and wishes Natasha good luck with her war, which Natasha does to her as well. I'm looking like, God damn, can this queer woman have a good relationship? Why every time her and Tracy get together, they don't work out. Um, now, Amy Kami, A-M-E-C-O-M-I, Natasha appears as the steel of the Amy Kami universe with an anime-styled redesign. Um, she's first approached by Carrie Kelly after Batgirl is kidnapped. She's kidnapped by Dwella Dent and agrees to help her learning how dire the situation is. Um, it's mentioned in passing that Natasha possesses a superhuman intelligence in this continuity. Um, she's able to process information like 12 or 13 times faster than the average human. Um, after recruiting the Flash, though, the three young heroines set out uh, to face down Dent. So, that's the Amikami universe. Now, Superman Family Adventures. A teenage version of Natasha appears in that series, and she's a friend and a classmate of Jimmy Olsen. Let's see what else. Uh, Multiversity. An adult version of Natasha appears as a member of the Justice League of Earth-16, now using the name Steel see what else here so injustice after her uncle died during joker's metropolitan metropolitan metropolis <laughs> after joker's metropolis bombing natasha becomes the new steel in his place one year after the defeat of superman's regime in the same time when raja ghoul's rise to power um attempts have been commended natasha joins a conference meeting with batman Alternate Green Arrow, who was the replacement of this world's Green Arrow, Black Canary, and the new Aqualad, and other uh, governs for their plan in restoring every world caused by the regime while waiting for Ted Cord and the rest of the governors. Now, unfortunately, Raja Ghul, uh, he held Ted at the rest of the governs and hostages and had one of the imposter Batman's Suicide Squad members, Killer Croc and Orca... Killer Croc and Orca, uh, they kill them. Now, after they blew up in their company towers as a sign of war against the insurgency and governments across the world. So, nobody, if you're familiar with Injustice, let me know because it don't seem like nobody got out of that alive. <laughs> now, in other media, in television, Natasha has appeared in uh, Superman, the animated series. This was in the Heavy Metal episode, voiced by none other than Cree Summers. Love me some Cree Summers. Um, she's still depicted as Denise of John and was proud when she learned that he quit working for Lex Luthor, um, as well as very surprised with John Henry's relationship with Superman. And also in television, she made a cameo appearance in the Justice League episode Hereafter. Who? Uh, what else we got here? So, Natasha appears in Justice League Unlimited. This is issue number 35. In this issue, she wears a costume similar to her steel costume in the main continuity books. Yes. Now, um, let's see. I can see this character on the big screen or even on the DC Universe app. And for someone who was a bit of a background character for a while, she has a very rich story. And, you know, she worked alongside some of the DC greats. And she is a part of the Superman family. Like... You can't convince me otherwise. So, 
I don't think it would be hard for her to translate on screen. Adding to that, comic book properties, specifically superheroes, are being translated to the big screen and streaming services. This is like all the rave. Clearly, we just had Avengers Endgame, like, so we know. Uh, that being said, I know DC would have so many black actresses auditioning and going out for this role based off that alone just the strength of it being a comic book property and then off of the character itself if you did well if you handled this character well um and if you do this right she could be a major player like going forward like period um now i would have to go with someone like camille winbush and she's from the secret life of the american teenager and the bernie mac show I would like to see her play Natasha Jasmine Irons in a live-action role. I think she would look the part. She's a beautiful, deep, dark-skinned woman, and she has very black features. This isn't a, you know, racially ambiguous-looking girl. You see her, you see a black woman, period. Um, and you know what? Even with that, depending on who you would cast as Steel, not that we need him in a show about her, but if he was included, I would want him to be like the man in the chair or uh, for his superhero career to have already been over. Kind of like what they did with Jefferson Pierce in Black Lightning over there on CW. Have him already have been a hero back in the day, but now he's just the support for his niece. And honestly, I'd like to see Shaq reprise his role as Steel like, in his old age, he wouldn't have to do much. Like, he could just be that man in the chair. He could be that uncle, that uh, supporting character here and there. Like, you don't even have to act that much. Put him in one or two episodes and let that be that. I think I think he would get a kick out of that, too. Like, yeah. anyways. So, guys, assuming you left your comment to my earlier question, which was, do you think Natasha would translate well on screen? Leave me another comment in the comment section and or over on Twitter at CarefreeBlurred. Use that hashtag CBNPod and tell me who would you want to cast to play Natasha on the big screen, the small screen, the streaming screen. <laughs> I'd love to know who you guys think would be a good Natasha. Um, use that hashtag CBNPod. Alrighty. Now, uh, let me know. Was this an interesting issue for you? Did you learn anything new? I sure the heck hope you did. <laughs> and thank you all for listening. Uh, please follow me on social media. My Twitter is Carefree Blurred. Instagram and all others is Carefree Black Nerd. And you can email me at carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. There are tons of other shows in the Carefree Black Nerd feed. Shows like the Carefree Black Nerd proper. Some review shows and whatnot. Um, also, be sure to subscribe to the show on your podcasting app of choice in sites, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, and of course, BYNKRadio.net in their podcast section. Uh, while you're over there on your podcast listening platform, please be sure to give me that five-star rating and leave a review. I'll be sure to read your reviews on air. And here is a review from Talisa. She says, I never was a comic book person until I started listening to this show. It's very insightful and entertaining. Uh, thanks. Thank you, Talisa. <laughs> and go on there and leave a review, guys. Uh, so, until next time, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky. I'm out. that it was pure nepotism. 
I was simply the child of someone that was working a lot. Uh, but that's not to say that that's the only way to do it. I always give this same advice, and that's the first thing, know what the hell your own voice sounds like. And that means get a tape recorder. Or I guess I'm so old. Uh, they call me Amish 2000. I know there's some tape recorders. Get your cell phone and get a book and read aloud. And I like books and poems uh, used because you have to tell a story. So you can get some acting in too. So you get a nice passage from a book or a poem, get your cell phone and read aloud and get really comfortable with the sound of your own voice. Don't try to manipulate it. Don't try to be a character. Just get to know what you sound like and get to know what it feels and sounds like to tell a story and to, and to, and to, and to communicate the meaning of what you're reading. So take it from there. And then go back and do it again once you're comfortable and try a couple little characters. And they don't have to be silly. You don't have to sound like Daffy Duck and shit. Just see, what does it sound like when I modulate my voice up? What does it sound like when I bring my voice down? What does it sound like when I'm really raspy? What does it sound like when I'm light and airy? Of course, right now I sound like Brenda Macaro, so everybody sounds like they've been drinking Jack Daniels. <laughs>